Thanksgiving Eve. Hope you're having a good week. Hope today you might get some time off to be ready to prepare your hearts for Thanksgiving because today on the Daily Walk, yes it is, welcome to the Daily Walk. I'm your host Wayne Clevenger and we are going to talk about why we do what we do. We're in 1 Corinthians 15 and 16. We close out the first letter to the Corinthians. And Paul reassures us why our faith is real. And he's really in a, what would appear to be a defensive mode. Because if you recall the Sadducees, there's a lot of people who don't believe in the resurrection. And so Paul defends that today because if... We don't believe that Christ has been raised from the grave. Then our faith is useless and we're still guilty of all our sins. That's in the reading. Chapter 15, verse 17. And really, if that's the case, then sin hasn't been conquered. Faith hasn't or death hasn't been defeated and we die. We die. We have no hope for eternity and we know that's not true so he first defends it by how everyone has seen him and that the original doctrinal belief and you know someone asked me one time what's your doctrine what's the difference between this this uh, church and this church and this church you know and all these different denominations and I'm like well, everyone puts their label on things, but I said, really, there's only one doctrine that we need to follow. And I said, because I'm a part of a non-denominational outreach group, and I'll put a plug in for them. It's called Organic Outreach, and we teach outreach to ter- churches, pastors, and leaders. It's organicoutreach.org. And it's, uh, we emphasize that there's one doctrinal belief, and Paul puts in that right here. Most important, chapter 15, verse 3, most important, and what also needs to be passed on to everyone is Christ died for our sins, just as the scripture said. He was buried and was raised from the dead on the third day. Boom. There's your doctrine. God loved us so much that he sent his son, Jesus, and Christ died on the cross for our sins, and he rose again on the third day. That's it. That's our doctrine. That's what we got to believe. He rose again on the third day. He was buried. He died for our sins. 
he was that sacrifice to make us right before God. See, what was sacrifice? The sacrifices were given all through the Old Testament to make us right with God. Now Jesus, God's own son, John three sixteen, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That's what he's given. He's given his son as the sacrifice so that all who believe in him, see, we got to believe, would not perish but have everlasting life. We got to believe that he gave his son, that he died on a cross, that he rose again on the third day. And that's what our doctrine is. And so he says, but beyond that, people saw him rise again. Peter saw him. The 12 disciples saw him. There was 500 after that that saw him. James saw him. And then he, said, and then he points this out. So even after the ascension, so Jesus is in heaven already, right? He says, least of all, as though I had been born at the wrong time or something, I also saw him. And he's like, for I am the least of all the apostles. In fact, I'm not even worthy to be called an apostle for the way I persecuted God's church. So here's, here's Paul talking about his experience when he sees Jesus when he's on that road to Damascus, remember, he sees Jesus in the light, and Jesus says, Paul, Paul, why are, or he actually says Saul, because he was Saul then, why do you persecute me? And what I, what I love about this, and I've said it before, is Jesus is talking to him, and he's already ascended to heaven, and when Jesus refers to me, he's referring to all of us who believe not just Jesus, but anyone who believes in him is a part of him, and he's referring to that as me because we know that Paul is going around persecuting Christians, believers of the way, and those are people that Jesus calls are a part of him, and he says that before. You, I chose you. You're a part of me, and unless I go from here, you won't be able to have me living in you. So when he hits up... Paul on the road to Damascus, he's like, why are you persecuting me? All those people are a part of me. So when we accept Jesus into our heart and he's living in us, we have a part of him. Whoa, that's exciting to me. I don't know about you. I'm so thankful for that today. And unless we can believe in the resurrection of Jesus, then it makes it all null and void. And so Paul goes, so if Christ hadn't been raised, then all our preaching is useless, our faith is useless, we're still living in sin, and we're still guilty of sin, because all that means it never happened. If our hope is in Christ, in our life we are don't have this faith that Christ came from the grave, then we're to be pitied more than anyone in the world But because we're believing in something that never happened. <laughs> but the truth is, Christ rose from the grave, and he is the first of the great harvest for all who have died. That's cool. And he goes on and says, just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, remember, the first man that came from God, 
everyone who belongs to Christ, the second man who came from God and conquered sin and death, will be given new life. Yeah, that's cool. So he says, don't hang around with bad company. Bad company corrupts good character. So don't hang around people that are going to dispute the truth. Stay with people that hang with the truth, who believe in the truth. Don't let them distort your way of thought because we know that he rose from the grave and our life, our hope is in Jesus. And everything's going to be under his authority when he comes back for us because we are all his children, his heirs. We are all one with Jesus when we have Jesus in our heart. So then there's this whole thing was about, you know, what's, what, what are we going to be like when we get to heaven? So Paul shifts gears and starts talking about our resurrected bodies. I love this part. And he talks about the fact, you know, about planting. And where I live, there's a lot of farming going on. And he, he talks about you put a seed in the ground, it doesn't grow into plant unless it dies first. So you think about that. Jesus talked about that very thing in Matthew. And when you put in the, or maybe it was Luke, sorry. And when you put it in the ground, is not the plant that will grow, but only a bare seed of wheat or whatever you are planting. Then God gives it a new body that he wants it to have. Think about that. You know, here, corn and beans are big, but think about flowers, too. You put a little bitty seed in, it's just a little bitty seed, and then it just kind of grows into this beautiful flower. Think about the mustard seed that Jesus talks about, one of the smallest seeds ever. It's the size of a pinhead. And then all of a sudden, that seed can grow into something so big and spread out that birds can nestle in their branches. So from what we are given at birth, we get these earthly bodies. And he talks about the different kinds of flesh from humans and animals and birds. But there's also different bodies when we are planted in the ground after death. You know, and then people bring up, well, what about cremation? Well, it doesn't matter, to be honest. Because one way or another, you're going to turn into dust. Cremation speeds up the process. One way or another, you're going to be left in the ground. And one way or another, you are going to be transformed from an earthly, finite body into a spiritual, eternal body. And he goes into that with our resurrected bodies will rise up out of our earthly bodies 
to be raised forever. Our bodies that were buried in brokenness will be raised in glory. Our, bur- our bodies that were weak with disease, sickness, maybe, you know, scarred from the life of physical hurt, they are natural human bodies, but they will be raised as spiritual bodies, and they will be strong, and they will be without sickness. They will be, and, and isn't that good? I mean, think about that. We just got to get back. So whatever mode you get planted into the ground after death, it doesn't matter. Because the natural body gets transformed into a spiritual body that comes later. And that's what we inherit the kingdom with. Because our dying bodies cannot inherit what will last forever. And I don't know about you, but that's exciting to me. Because I know this body, it's in good shape. It's in the best shape it's ever been. But it's got a lot of scars. And I know the Lord's going to give me something that's going to be scarless. You heard that Casting Crown song, The Only Scars in Heaven Won't Be Yours. The Only Scars in Heaven will be his. That'll be Jesus. That'll be the one that made it possible for us to be there. This is just good stuff. So, and then people talk about, you know, we're always talking about the rapture. Jesus is coming back soon. So, you know, people, and I'm not despairing spelling the rapture i know that's real but we cannot get hung up on the rapture and not think that the second coming of the lord could come for any one of us at any given time so we all have to be ready at any given moment because the second coming of christ if for any one of us and i talk about that on a a 24-hour shift i had when i was a flight paramedic because i saw the second coming of christ come for different people of different ages and where Matthew 24 played out like big right before my eyes and it wrecked me because I was like oh my goodness man I don't know if I can do this anymore because everybody died on that shift and so we have to be prepared but Paul is talking about for us should Jesus come and we're still alive it won't matter we won't die but we'll be transformed and it'll happen in the moment in the blink of an eye when the last trumpet is blown when the trumpet is sounds those who have died will be raised to live forever and we who are living will be transformed for our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die our mortal bodies, mortal, sorry, bodies will be transformed into immortal bodies. So when he says dying bodies, our, you know, every day we approach the day when we say goodbye to mortality, where we die to this life. And so that's the reality of it. So he's just saying that if the Lord should come while you're alive, the trumpet sounds for you too and you get transformed. The trumpet sounds for those that are in the grave. And I like to think the trumpet sounds when they are 
hitting the grave and they're already in heaven. They're not just laying there dormant. But that's what Paul's writing is that, you know, the trumpet sounds for them, then it's going to sound for you. And that's when we get this also popular verse. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Death, where is your sting? For sin is the sting that results in death, and the law gives sin its power. But thank God, he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. Woo! So that's why we have to believe that all our hope is in Jesus. So Paul defends the resurrection really nicely there, and I, I love that. So you want to mark 1 Corinthians 15 because that that's good in a time when we're having struggles with what's our bodies going to be like, what are we going to do, how's that going to work. He, define, he def, defines that and explains that really, really well. And then in 1 Corinthians 16, he closes out the first book with words of encouragement. He talks about, you know, treating Timothy right because, remember, he's a young ministry person and don't look down on him just because he's young. Treat him, treat him well. And he says this, be on guard, stand firm, stand firm in the faith, be courageous and be strong and do everything with love. I think that's the greatest thing we got to understand. You know, if we're looking for our purpose, our purpose is to do everything with love because we're supposed to love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength and love each other as Christ has loved us then they will know we are his disciples. What's that mean? That means we know that he came. We know that he gave us life. We know that he was resurrected. And we know he sits at the right hand of the Father waiting for the day when we all come with him. And he lives inside us through his Holy Spirit and he walks with us and talks with us, and everything we do is in his name. And because of that, we have to do everything we can to represent him in love. That's the greatest commandments. So our purpose is to love people just like he did. And I think that's a cool way for him to close out this first letter that we read about because he knows how difficult it is, which is why I really believe Jesus said to the apostles, wait here before you go minister till I give you this gift, that gift of the Holy Spirit. That's why I think the Lord wants us to be filled with the Spirit because he knows how difficult it is. Once they were filled with the Holy Spirit, they had Jesus in them so they could go minister to Samaria, Judea, and all ends of the earth because they had the power. Jesus said in John fourteen twelve, all the things I have done you will do and more. <laughs> if you remember who lives in you and call upon the name of Jesus. So be on guard, stand firm in the faith, and be courageous, be strong, and do everything with love.
Let that be your theme for Thanksgiving this week, this year, and in this life. Have a great Thanksgiving. We will see you tomorrow for the beginning of 2 Corinthians. Have a great day. Word of God speak, would you pour down like rain, washing my eyes.